this is the Howie RevOps Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm a senior RevOps consultant at GoNimbly. Aligning your go-to-market teams and the tech behind them is easier said than done. And in this podcast, we talk about how we get there. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Howie RevOps Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. I'm a senior RevOps consultant here at GoNimbly. And today we're talking about how to set up and maintain a RevOps roadmap. Today, we have with us TJ Tatalia. He is a delivery director at GoNimbly. And I'm wondering if you can explain to us what that is and a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Uh, not a problem. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I've been a little bit about myself is that I've been working in platform technology, primarily Salesforce, but working with like go to market teams probably for about 10 years at this point. Um, doing a lot of architecture, a lot of management, a lot of program and project management. And really what I'm trying to do as a delivery director here at GoNimbly is leverage and lean on that experience to make sure that the work that we're doing is impactful. Um, it addresses the right strategic gaps and problems for, you know, SaaS companies that we're working with, uh, making sure the team have coaching support, uh, escalation points when needed. And, um, yeah, just make sure that we're having those good strategic discussions with, uh, companies. Nice. Well, thanks so much for joining us today and describing that. So let's start off with like, why do roadmaps tend to fail? And we'll get more into like what a roadmap is. And I think the most important part is like, how do you keep it going? We'll, we'll certainly get there, but you know, why do roadmaps fail and what do you wish you knew about them when you started? Yeah. Um, it's the biggest question that we get quite often. I think like. It's a, it's a weird thing where the answer tends to be sound quite simple, but it's hard to execute. Um, mm -hmm. and I think like the big reason that I see roadmaps failing and attempts to roadmap failing is because of just like a muscle and discipline it takes to maintain leverage and utilize a roadmap over time. We call that mm -hmm. like roadmap utility. Generally, it's like a muscle you need to go on and skill within your organization. Um, I'll give you an example. There was an organization that I worked with in. Australia, actually, it's like a government organization. And there was like a, this was about six years ago, there was like a, a three month project to build a roadmap and it had like 15 different stakeholders on it. Um, and we came up with these awesome, like really cool initiatives to work on. We put them against a, a roadmap. Um, and then we're like, cool, our work, work is done. We've got a roadmap now. But I remember leaning back into that organization like two or three months later and it's nothing's been done with it. It's just sat there for a, a good mm -hmm. period of time. It's not been leveraged. And for me, that's like a roadmap failure, right? Like you can do all the awesome work yeah. up front, but how are we making it a sticky operational part of our business is, is I think really where teams get focused on making sure they've got some, uh, some good maturity there. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely this sense of we have these moments in our careers. Typically, uh, in my experience, they happen towards the beginning of the year. You know, there's all this planning and we're getting multiple heads in the room and we sort of build out a roadmap. We feel great about it. And then there's that sort of fizzle out throughout the rest of the year and things kind of go haywire. So I know that could be really frustrating as somebody that likes to collaborate with people um, and likes to have a holistic view on the future. Totally. And we like, I mean, the thing is the industry in general has been leaning on some of what we're talking about here for some time. If you think about like agile frameworks and agile principles, one of the big mm -hmm. takeaways from agile is like the ceremony and sticking to sessions when you've got them and like 
making sure that you have leverage and usage over time. And it, it's applying a similar train of thought to your strategic roadmapping. How are we making sure that we are committing to what we agreed to commit to in terms of cadence meetings? How are we making sure we're keeping it up to date? How are we making sure we're continuing to build buy-in over time? Um, it's not a one-time, one-and-done thing, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. And I think borrowing from that Agile framework is a great way to get more buy-in as well because it's a tried-and-true framework. People believe in it. Sometimes it's hard to stand up road mapping at your org. So I want to hear from you, like, why do you love road mapping so much? I know I love it because I found that participating in road mapping helps with when you feel like your team sort of has a last lack of credit or even worse, there's like this shiny object syndrome and tools and features are just coming out of nowhere. And it's, it's good to kind of have that ability to say, well, let's see how this fits into the roadmap. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. Like, yeah, why do you love roadmaps so much? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I, I don't know if I love roadmaps as much as I love like the space that it creates for revenue operations teams to love innovate and do impactful work. Um, I think yeah. that's a really powerful perspective on like, um, we get busy and caught up and tied up working on the most on fire or urgent thing or the thing that's cool or like seems cool to work on, or maybe I've done it before in a previous job. Um, but what we're lacking there is intentionality and deliberate as it relates to like what the, the company is trying to do from a strategic perspective and how we can really impact our customer's experience. So I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think back to an example. There was a SaaS company that we're working with in the UK and we, we pushed and forced this message of road mapping and operational excellence through road mapping over like a six month period. And we found that, you know, there's obviously other varying factors. Found the increased capacity of the operations team by about 30 to 40 percent. Um, which wow. is room that they now have to work on impactful, innovative work, right? I think they ended up spending some of that time yep. working on their customer app, which is obviously highly impactful and giving it to the team that's working on that app. So for, for me, it's like watching a, a team kind of find breathing space, watching a team feeling aligned, watching a team feeling like they can work on innovative. And exciting work that really impacts the customer is, is I think where I have uh, the love and appreciation for road mapping. The, uh, the road mapping process itself is, you know, it's an operational cadence that, you know, can be fun, can be cool, but it's really the outcomes that I get excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely with you there. The outcomes are a great reward. I think, um, you know, it's one of those things where you and I share this. We love bringing people together and teams together. Um, you know, in our work, we see a lot of siloed teams. And I think some of the full early RevOps philosophy was if we unite these teams around shared revenue goals, the kind of the cake will bake. We, we see that isn't true. And I definitely think that um, road mapping is one of those missing ingredients to aligning everything together. Totally. I, I know that um, I've certainly felt like in my career, uh, I felt the pain of a missing roadmap and I felt like maybe I didn't have the right authority to start those conversations or run those conversations. So, you know, who has the authority in your view to start a roadmapping conversation or keep one going? That's a good question. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like anyone on the operations team has authority to start a roadmapping process, right? Um, yes, you're going to need buy-in and leadership. Yes, you're going to need buy-in from go-to-market leaders. Um, 
which I think can come from any operator starting the conversation around, hey, can we get a little bit more deliberate about the work that we're doing? Can we try and look a quarter or two out around customer gaps that we're trying to solve? Put some planning around those, put some capacity around those, make sure that they are tied to like impact of strategic goals or revenue. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, as a, as a uh, person who's working on like multiple revenue operations teams, I feel like any operator can come forward and be like, hey, I want to start roadmap. Um, and that's going to be truly, truly accepted in a, a pretty open arms way, I think, for most folks. So I would, I would encourage anyone that's on an operations team to start asking the questions around, where does our roadmap exist? Um, do we have a roadmapping process? How often are we meeting to talk about the roadmap? Um, these are all very impactful questions that will lead to uh, some good answers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, yeah, I think anyone with an, with an ops title is, is a good candidate and not necessarily someone that's like a VP or a director, you know, anybody that's in yep. the thick of it, that's feeling these, these pains, that's, uh, you know, has the ability to say, Hey folks, like, let's get organized. Let's take uh, a cross team approach to what we see right. the future as. I think that kind of relates to what we were talking about before with it being similar to agile. So I know Ag agile is a, a project-based approach. So what makes roadmaps different than just yeah. projects? Um, I think it's interesting in like thinking about, I guess, roadmaps typically are associated with product teams and like. That's where we're trying to, you know, shift things a little bit is that like roadmaps aren't just for products. You can, you can have a roadmap for operations teams, sales teams, marketing teams, success teams aligned. Um, and I think the difference between what a roadmap is and project plan is that it should be a really powerful mechanism to tell a story around what's been achieved as well as what we're planning to achieve. Um, think of it as a, a narrative piece that aligns teams and like sets strategic goals versus a project plan, which is how do we define milestones, dependencies, and timelines as it relates to execution. Um, actually, the, the earlier question of like, why do we see roadmaps fail? One of the reasons is that people treat them like project plans. It's far too much detail, far too much um, data to maintain on the roadmaps. It's got super granular tasks. What you want to find is the right balance of like um, simplicity and storytelling that tells a a good compelling story across a broad set of stakeholders, um, as well as having enough detail that, you know, people can see the impact and see what's been achieved. So I think often we'll, we'll try and make sure that there is a clear distinction between like project planning, roadmapping, what one being strategic alignment, customer gap focus, the other being execution and how do we get there. Mm -hmm. I love that. I want to talk a little bit more about the storytelling piece. So when you say storytelling, you mean. The ability to talk about how the roadmap aligns with business goals or, you know, what are, what are some more elements of storytelling, um, within this, this idea of roadmapping? Cause I ask, because I think storytelling is like the number one, most underrated skill in RevOps. And I think whenever I post about it, I get this eye roll of like fluff. And so I, I, I want to double the on that. It's not me eye rolling. Um, I think, um, I think. <laughs> Yeah, like I think storytelling is huge and like particularly when you're trying to align teams, but we talk a lot about silos, how silos form as a result of um, actually good indicators of scale. So when you've got specialized departments and you've got multiple teams, you've got people focused in different areas, you form silos. For me, storytelling becomes really powerful because it's telling the story across all of those silos, across all of those functions, across all of those departments. How are we impacting the customer experience? Um, 
one of the things that actually I've, I've pushed a few organizations in the last year that I'm working with to do is like, what if we were to set a goal where we actually want to share our revenue operations roadmap with our customers? Like we're that proud of our roadmap asset. It tells such a wonderful story about how we're impacting their experience that it's something we're comfortable to share with customers directly. So I think there's a, a huge component of like, it, it should be able to, to give a good narrative, not only around the stuff that we've achieved, the stuff that we've impacted, but hey, customer, here's how we're improving your experience over the next like, six to nine months. Um, and I think there's, there's something hugely powerful in that. It can get mm -hmm. things quite excited. It can get them running in the right direction. It can get them aligned and prioritizing that stuff. See, so, yeah, I think storytelling seems to grow. I think that was, is really where we get to this place of proactive in the roadmap stuff. So I think roadmapping for me, at least historically, it's been a great way to get out of the reactive zone. So I have a hard time saying no to things. And roadmapping for me has been an ability to say, okay, what am I saying yes to? How long is that going to take? What's the definition of done? And that's kind of helped me feel a little bit more sane about my life and like all the things that I take on. But I think what you're talking about is eventually you get to this place where you're taking that proactive approach to how your team is functioning and how multiple teams are functioning um, for the org. And I think your example also touches on how we work with our clients. And so with the roadmaps, we cannot just be there to fix a mess. I mean, I like to make a joke that I'm like the Marie Kondo of RevOps. I love a wild Marketo or HubSpot or marketing automation platform and sometimes Salesforce platforms. Um, and it's, it's fun, right? To get to like, to dive in and to fix and to, to triage and to like, kind of, you know, get that thing working. But then there's this place of like, how do we then look more into the future sure. and be more advisory? And you don't have to work with a consulting company to have that. I mean, you could have that internally with a broker. You totally can. And the reality is that you're probably already doing it in some way. It's just like how intentional and deliberate is it? The way we try to create a yeah. little bit of a split is like running of the machine type work and then like deliberate intentional road mapping, which is intentional innovation, if you like. And like running of the machine is something that you're always going to need space on your operations team for, right? Like you're going to have stuff come up small um, or, you know, maybe not small, but like something that needs to be tackled in a timely and urgent manner. Um, but you want to make sure you're saving some capacity of revenue operations to be looking at a little bit further ahead. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's a really powerful tool to get people rowing in, in the right direction, the same direction. Um, I, I think a good goal to like try and strive for is nobody ever feels confused about the priorities of a revenue operations team over the next, you know, two to three quarters. There shouldn't be any unknowns or ambiguities or questions. Yeah. I think that's, I, I love that example because I know on the marketing side, it's easy to, <laughs> to be in this place where it's like, People are like, what is that team even doing? And so even if you're not a marketing team, if you feel like people don't really understand what your team is contributing uh, to the organization, it might be great to take a more active approach in this road mapping process because it gives that whole visibility of like what's being worked on and why. Um, and it, it really pushes back on that confusion. Yeah. And typically like what you might have had or what you maybe still have in a few instances is like marketing has their own roadmap. 
sales has a roadmap, customer success has a roadmap, maybe the product team has got their own roadmap. What we're, what we're trying to achieve with like a RevOps roadmap is, hey, let's start breaking down some of those silos a little bit. Like maybe something the marketing doing, marketing is doing is going to impact what we might want to prioritize and say, yeah. Uh, maybe something doing it, sales is going to impact what the customer success team working on. There's like, there's a good opportunity to come together and have one conversation about the holistic customer experience when you're doing strategic planning versus coming at it from a departmental side of perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love that example. And here's why. Because <laughs> it's a little known mm -hmm. fact that folks on the mop side uh, can get like things can kind of fall into our laps that aren't necessarily like our problem like somebody changes a field type or somebody just buys a tool that we didn't know about and just plugs it into salesforce and you're like what's going on um and so roadmaps are a great way to avoid those blind spots and not just that right. not just push back not just say no but um i've really noticed i think abn is definitely the the best example of this it shouldn't even be called account-based marketing because it's really not. I mean, you can't have, I've never seen an ABM tool work correctly or even semi-functionally unless sales and marketing align on, hey, what's a tier one account? What's a tier two account? What's a tier no account? Um, and it's that sort of alignment that needs to happen. Um, and if there's a roadmap and we know that's coming, we might be surprised at what features that sales ops tool, even if it's not ABM, um, can bring to all the different teams. So I think that's another, a really great thing that tends to shake loose. That's a great example. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a few more that we can think of, right? I think we're learning slowly as operators that, uh, nothing sits in isolation and I can't count the number <laughs> of, um, the number of projects I've done that are like all cleanups, all tidy ups, infrastructure cleanups as a result of Teams not talking, teams not being deliberate and aligning with each other. So I think the potential is huge. Yes, ABM, like another one that we're seeing come up frequently is like PQLs and product mm -hmm. growth for, for SaaS companies. Like this is, this is aren't projects and pieces of innovation that can exist in isolation. There's a lot of cross-functional alignment planning, like um, intentionality that's required and I'm loving starting to see PQLs and product-led growth on some, some RevOps right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we've talked a lot about on a high level of sort of like what is like a roadmap and how does it benefit us, but how can we explain to folks like the, the actual components of the roadmap without doing a screen share <laughs> and like <laughs> drawing images on the screen? Yeah, we, I mean, we talk about uh, a few skills within roadmapping. Um, first of them being what one of you talked about, which is like roadmap utility. Um, we also have idea generation and measurement, and then we have, um, buy-in. Um, and one of the things that like, I think is probably quite tactical, actionable, and easy to do for folks that are trying to, you know, build this muscle is like, just book a roadmap utility meet once every two weeks or, you know, once every week, maybe in the initial phases, and what you're doing here is you're reviewing the existing roadmaps. And I can't stress this enough. Do not store your roadmap in Excel. Don't store it in Google Doc. Like we're trying to get buy-in. We're trying to tell stories. We're trying to like excite people and get people jazzed. And that's not going to happen if it's in an Excel doc. So, you know, make sure that you're being deliberate and intentional about tool choice. And it 
yeah, meet the team where they are. A lot of teams are using, you know, stuff like Notion, Poda. There's loads of low-lift options that are relatively either cheap or, or entirely free to leverage. Get I'm a big fan of Airtable. Big fan of Airtable. That's another good yeah. one. Um, you know, people sometimes use Sano, use Jira. There's like a lot of, there's a lot of tools out there that can serve this purpose. I honestly think, I don't think the tooling is the, the most important decision. I think yeah, the most important thing is, have we got a utility meeting once every two weeks? Uh, you know, we've got some frameworks mm. how to run that meeting, but essentially it's like each owner of a roadmap initiative giving a two to three minute update of uh, where is this initiative at? Are there any risks? Do we need to unstick it? Do we think still think we're going to achieve it this quarter? Not getting into the weeds and the details and like updating the roadmap as you're having that discussion, capturing all the output. And then an important follow-up is like send a, send a communication to all the stakeholders. We just had our roadmap utility meeting. Here's all the key updates, make it fun, make it engaging, throw some emojis in there, make sure that you're giving out channels and avenues to ask questions, people to be able to clarify on the roadmap. Like as I'm, as I'm talking about it and as we work with organizations on this, it's like, it's not super complex. It's just mm. hard to make sticky. It's hard to like, yeah, build the discipline around and make sure you're sticking to it. Um, and, and that's where I think there's real value for teams to, to just try and like commit to doing it. The, I like the two week time frame. Like I think sometimes when you don't have those, those guardrails on something, it's just a vision or it's just a nice to have. Um, so it's definitely like aligning on the frequency of your meetings. Are there any suggestions you have while roadmapping meetings happening to keep things on track and make sure that people feel like it's productive? Because I know anyone listening to this podcast is not like, oh my God, I want more meetings in my life. Yeah, totally. Um, I think one of the things that works really well that we've seen across a few organizations is at the front of the meeting, saving 10 minutes for like a personal cave. The cave is just like mm -hmm. a space where everyone does personal work. The reason for that is like, well, a couple of reasons. One is you want people to be able to put into like a strategic mindset. So often what we have people do in this cave is like reread the company vision statement or reread the OKRs or reread, you know, some kind of strategic visioning that can get you in the right headspace. And then the remainder of that personal cave is to like prepare your updates and like prepare for the actual meet. The reason that we do that is it allows people not to think too much about road mapping as a utility function until they're actually on the meeting. There's no async work required apart from pushing the initiatives along. You've got that 10 minutes of beginning to prep. And then as you're running through the roadmap updates, just keep it super concise. Like you're not getting into the weeds and the details of each initiative. You're trying to impact strategic change, right? So you could pull on threads and go down rabbit holes pretty easily. You want to be quite mm -hmm. disciplined about two to three minutes per item, a range of follow-up if we need to. Um, I think that can keep it quite snappy. It creates quite a familiar fe feeling when we run these with organizations after about, you know, two or three of these, there's, there are meetings that people love and enjoy showing up to because it's like, all right, cool. We're working on the business, we're making change happen at the strategic level. Uh, yeah. so keep it snappy, keep it fun, keep it engaging, make sure there's follow-up, make sure there's visibility. Um, and I think you get some good outcome. Well, I think that's a great succinct uh, list of ways to keep the meeting productive. I think something that I've noticed is that like the, to try to keep points in a meeting to two to three minutes. Now, I know I couldn't believe we have this action meeting framework and there's a lot more to it than just that component. But I think that piece has really helped me stay focused. I could be a little bit long winded. So if I know right. that if I'm speaking in a meeting and I'm keeping things to the two, three minute mark, I'm not kind of 
going on this whole random tangent and making that rule known and making that obvious to everybody in the meeting is a great way to shorten the time of the meeting, make it snappy and keep everyone on track. And then no one feels chided or like they didn't get their fair amount of time on things. So, and, um, I think like the way that you want to be giving those updates is like, what is, what would we want to tell the company or even our customers around this initiative? Like, where is it at? What are the risks? Is it, is it likely to get achieved? How much progress can we make? Do you want to keep it super snappy? Because all of the detailed discussion is happening outside of this, right? We talked about project plans being different and execution being different, um, which is still true here. It's like those, those execution type discussions can happen. That's where it's, it's not for you to. Yep. And do you have any suggestions for async updates on roadmaps? Uh, add comments as you're progressing, um, making sure that you're keeping stuff up to date. If definitions are done or changing, like make sure yeah. you're keeping folks in the loop on how that definition of done is like shifted. Um, making sure that if, I think another async thing to, to bear in mind is like, um, have, are we talking about strategic impact work that isn't on the roadmap? Like one of the, one of the ways that I can tell that road mapping is really stuck within an organization. It's like, yeah, I've got people asking questions like, is this on the roadmap? Like, where do I find this on the roadmap? Um, when we're talking about a strategic project or, or the opposite, you know, like we've got this on the roadmap and we're not talking about it. We're not discussing it. So I think it's a, a case of making sure that it becomes a, a powerful operational tool between these utility meetings, um, and making sure, yeah, making sure it's kept up to date. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more empowering than to say like, hey, should we add this to the roadmap? Because you're really sharing the work, you're sharing the equity there. Uh, I think as any RevOps uh, associate or team member or person in that world might feel, there's no shortage of people tapping on the shoulder of like, have you seen this? Like, have you seen this tool? Have you seen this way of writing an email? And it's really helpful when you're able to say, hey, I think that's that could be a good idea. Let's work together. Let's add that to the roadmap. And it's interesting, um, you know, how many ideas kind of get filtered in that, totally. that quick, like, should we add this to the roadmap conversation? All right, TJ, thanks so much for hopping on with me today and talking about all things roadmapping. I'm wondering if you could give us some takeaways for folks that made it this far. Sure. Um... I mean, I think it sounds so simple, but the big thing for me is just like, if you're an operator and you haven't got a roadmap or you don't know where the roadmap is, um, just start asking those questions and maybe start acting as a driver for this discussion around roadmapping. Everyone's going to respond super wild to you saying, Hey, I want to start forcing us to be deliberate around the impact of strategic work that we're doing. I want to book a meeting once every two weeks where we're reviewing, updating and maintaining the roadmap. Like there's something anyone can do. Um, I think another big takeaway is like, make sure you're leaning on the idea of discipline and utility over time. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to get gains after two roadmap meetings. Like this is, you get the value out of this as, as you're really executing on this over time. Mm -hmm. So find ways to make it a really sticky part of your operational cadence. Um, you know, preach as much as you can about the importance and significance of the roadmap. Um, I think a final thing I might mention on like road mapping is remember it's storytelling. Like don't get bogged down in the weeds of executional detail, make it compelling. You want an exec to be able to read a roadmap as well as someone that's in the operations team to get the same value out of it. 
make it compelling, use visuals, make sure that you've got uh, a nice story around it. So we get some good wins. Awesome. Well, TJ, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you everyone for listening this far. I hope you are ready to lead more into the road mapping and we'll catch you in the next episode.